Here, 357. Go up and if you need to, put one right behind his head. We yeah. talked about this ghost bear. How long have you been after this ghost bear? Five years. I just love hunting these animals. That's that's all I care about. Welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to today's podcast. So today I've got on return guest and somebody who I really enjoyed talking to last time and, uh, Glad to have him back on, Ed Butler, the uh, working class woodsman. How's it going, Ed? Hey, yeah, good, good. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. So, it is uh, almost fall bear season. Uh, we've got a couple of days, yeah. Um, yeah. In uh, what it's the first, so I guess it's Sunday. Yeah. I uh, know. I'm sorry. Mon- Monday, right? Yeah. Today's today? today's 30. Saturday. The what's today? Saturday the 29th. So what what's opening day for Maine? Uh, well, it's it's uh, this year it's September first. Okay, so that would be uh, yep, Tuesday, man. Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday. I'm sorry, no, it isn't. It isn't. It's uh, New Hampshire is September first. See, I get mixed up with what uh, what messes me up is in in Maine you can't hunt on Sunday. Oh, in okay. New Hampshire, yep. New Hampshire, yep. you can. Okay, um, but for some reason. Uh, I think I don't know if it has something to do with the COVID. It's usually Maine usually opens a week before New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and I don't know if there's something different about this year. I don't know why they're waiting until the uh, the 30th or the 30. What's Monday? Whatever that is, should be the, the 31st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Monday's Monday's uh, hunting, but um, and I don't know if it was something to do with the state COVID thing or what, but I'll find that out. But anyway, to answer your question. Um, it opens up Monday, and then uh, New Hampshire would be the first, which would be Tuesday. Okay, cool, cool. Yep. So we are almost there. I, I've uh, I've I felt the excitement from everybody from Maine. It's it's coming up, and <laughs> so it's cool. Oh, there's a, and there's a lot of talk about it. Everybody's pretty psyched. Yeah. Which is which is good. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of bears. A lot oh, of yeah. bears out there. Yeah. What's what's the uh, what's the I, I guess is that the general feel you've been hearing from people is that lots of bears out there. It's looking good. Going to be a good season or yeah, and it seems as though now I don't want to jinx myself uh-huh. um, yep. because I do. I've done this several times, but I think the berries came and went. Uh, yep. Last year the berries were kind of late, so that kind of that kind of screwed up a few guys baiting and stuff. But yep. um, I think, like in New Hampshire, our blackberries now are pretty much gone. I think yep. they are gone actually. Yeah, and um, Maine's a little bit behind us, but um, not too bad. So I I'm in hopes that that um, that won't be a factor but it is what it is i mean you know they're they're either going to come in or they're not right <laughs> you, you know when you have like a bumper natural food like if you have a bumper crop of beech nuts or, or something like that sometimes that will that'll uh, uh it'll have an effect on your bait site yeah obviously. yeah but, for sure yeah anyway. no i i agree with that definitely but yeah that's kind of the look of it around here too because i I've, I've been out i set up my two bait sites now for here and um in michigan yep. And yeah, the looks of it, I mean, I don't see, I haven't, I saw maybe one or two raspberries left and that was about it. Um, the, I didn't see anything for blackberries, didn't see much for cherry. There was some choke cherries around here, but they seem to be mostly gone now. 
the only thing I noticed is that there was some acorns, but not many. There's some, and they're falling, but they're they're not. It's it's not a bumper crop by any means. So I think yeah. this is going to be really good for. You know, I think that the bears, from what and what I've been hearing too from people, is that it looks like the bears are coming to the bait strong. So, should be a well, good year. Fingers crossed. <laughs> that's 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 kind of the word around the campfire for me. And of course, you know, in New Hampshire, you can't bait until the first day of the season, right. which we've discussed in the past. That's absolutely ridiculous. But yep. Yep. it is what it is. But in Maine, I guess they have been they have been hitting the baits. Yep. Um, so, um, and the word is, you know, if you, you know, if you want to shoot a bear, this is the year. So I don't know yep. if that's yep. a, a lot of hype or, or, or if in fact, they're, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I know I've seen, I've seen a lot of bear around here, mm-hmm. uh, this summer. I just chased one out of the blackberries a couple of weeks ago, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I guess a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of them. Yep. Um, yeah. So. I, I would agree. I don't, I, you know, I don't, the, it's a good year to have a tag is in my opinion. I mean, every year is a good year to have a tag, but this year is especially good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I'm psyched. I just got a really good, great feeling actually about it. I actually, today I had, a uh, dug out, I think our last cottage pie that I made with tripod uh-huh. that I shot two years ago. Cause yep. you remember, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hunt last year. Right. Right. I remember um, that didn't uh, didn't bear hunt i'm sorry because right. i went on that uh road trip and then i went down north carolina deer hunting but yeah so it's my first you know so it's my first time out in two years so i'm i'm really jonesing for it <laughs> i bet but uh i bet and uh i i did finish i i i you probably saw on instagram i dug out mm-hmm. some bear ribs i guess at last week and then that that cottage pie and then i'm i'm ready for some more bear meat so. yeah yeah are you out completely now <sighs> you know <laughs> might be some buried I'm, somewhere <laughs> <laughs> well i just i just organized well i had to organize my freezer okay it's like you know i, I gotta put if i get a bear i'm gonna i gotta put it somewhere and there is a box okay and i think in the bottom of that box the only box that didn't empty i think there is believe it or not a little uh another piece of backstrap okay because i know really? i had four and i i think i only ate three so i worst case scenario i think i do have one tiny package left but okay as far as ground i'm out of ground okay i'm out of ribs yep and uh so i'm i'm i need meat i need bear meat yeah i hear you i'm not in the same boat yep. but I've, I've got a question for you on your ribs so i noticed on your instagram you're grilling the bear ribs um yep. what what do you do how do you cook your bear ribs then because i i'm a slow cooker doused in barbecue sauce kind of guy but what do you tend well, to do well i because t- i'm so paranoid okay of trichinosis yep um i i i typically I typically overcook them mm-hmm. and it's not an issue for me because I, I like, I, I just like them crispy and well done. Mm-hmm. I have done them before and um, put them in a, um, okay. You take like a cookie sheet mm-hmm. and then you, you pour a Guinness in the cookie sheet and then you put a cooling rack on the uh, in, you know, in the cookie sheet. And then you put your ribs on top of that and put it in the oven for about six hours on two fifty. Okay. And then I throw them on the grill with barbecue sauce. Okay, just to, just to and, finish them off that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Ho- holy, holy smokes! <laughs> I mean, oh, it's it, the meat just falls off the ribs. I mean, I it's so good. I know. So that's a that was that's what I would call a slow cook. Okay. Okay. Uh, yep. See, I've I, never I finished them way. on the grill before. I I want to try that, and I'll have to. 
Well, I, here's the thing. I don't have any I don't have any ribs from my Alaska bear because I didn't want to have to fly home with all the the weight of the bones of the ribs, you know. Sure. Yep. And I didn't yep. really know if it would fit in the fish box, so I I just I I mean I feel what I was doing I felt like it was committing a crime, but you know <laughs> some sort of like I was breaking some sort of rule, but I actually deboned the the rib meat. I just felt so bad about it. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, because I, you know, I had to grind it, so yeah, I ended up grinding it yeah. all. I just felt well, bad about it because <laughs> I love bear ribs that much. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, oh, I love them. Absolutely yeah. love them. And I actually like them. Um, fortunately, for some reason, I mean, a lot of people when you say ribs, they just want to, they want to, you know, they think baby back ribs. They just want it to fall off the bone, which yeah. I understand. Yes. But I actually like, you know, kind of like the outback cowboy mentality of just, just cook them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, but, but it's not for, I don't think it's for everyone because they do crisp up. Um, the meat doesn't necessarily fall off the bone. You can certainly pull it off the bone and chew it up that way, but yeah. it's just not the same as a good slow cooked rib. Okay. So I see. And, you know, but, um, but I do it like that probably more often than not. Okay. Because like I say, ever since, ever since I watched, um, um, I don't know who, who was somebody, somebody, on a blank or someone got trichinosis and i've been wicked paranoid and especially like <laughs> sometimes you know when you cut open a bear you you'll actually find you know maggots in their stomach yeah yeah i found uh, a tapeworm uh, so, once you know, like, i think it was a tapeworm yeah so yeah so i cooked that stuff yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and i, I, I happen to like my i happen to well i mean i even i even cook my venison pretty i mean well because I, I actually it's not that I don't like a meat, you know, a rare steak, let's uh-huh. say, but I, I, I like my well game cooked. Okay. I enjoy yep. it that way. So, yep. so I'm lucky. See, with, with bear, I cook it well because of trichnosis, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll admit that, you know, sometimes, because I shouldn't even say this, but the, so I think the actual temperature is one, I think it's 138 is the kill on the kill on contact yeah. temperature for trichnosis, which is 138 is, oh, don't call me on this, but I think it's medium. It, maybe even a touch below medium, yeah. if I remember right. And because yeah, I think 145 I think is medium. So it's a touch below medium. And yeah. so, you know, yeah. kill on, and, and so that, I mean, the instant it turns 138, trichnosis dies. So the one, I think the CDC says 145. And so 160 is like yeah. a, a safety factor on a safety factor. And so, and I think 160 yep. is past well done. So I'll admit I've had some, some just a touch above medium bear meat before, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't recommend it. Cause you're, you're kind of flirting with the line there, I think, but yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just something. It's something I don't want. Yeah, um, yeah and I, 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 I think you and I might have read the same article because I read extensively, and I think you, I think your numbers are right on it. I won't, you know, don't quote. Yeah, me, but, don't. Yeah, um, somebody I look remember it up. reading it because there was a. Right, I mean, there's a quote, and there's plenty of information out there. All you got to do is Google it. Yeah. But, um, someone was talking about, you know, it's too bad bear has to be cooked to one, and they always take the number one sixty because that's safe. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but but one forty five, I know, I know one forty five is is the safe number yeah um and then there was now there's been further i think study or whatever that i guess people are getting away with, with i think it's 138 i'm pretty sure yeah yeah because um, uh, i think the know. cdc says 145 because 
if you yeah. you measure it at 145 that means that pre, no matter if, if you accidentally hit the one spot that wasn't quite that was cooked a little more than another you know it'd be a little bit over so yeah. you know that's their safety factor yeah. and then i think a lot of people well i've even i've even heard it crazier so you know 160 is like the safety factor on the safety factor i've seen like um you know sort of yeah. like wild game um or you know while hunting like um social media sites or whatever i've heard them say like they added even more onto it they're like yeah you cook you got to cook it to like 170 or 180 i was like whoa whoa are we turning this to jerky or <laughs> yeah that's a little too i yeah. mean that's uh you know you, you'd eat that in a survival situation but <laughs> exactly exactly you know? it's like yeah, yeah. I, I mean i i want everybody to be safe i don't want anybody to get trichnosis but Yep. 180 is a well, little then, you know, excessive. <laughs> that, that's definitely safe. Yeah, it's um, safe. That's but, for uh, sure. <laughs> but fortunately, like I say, I for fortunately for me, I, I, I do like my meat yeah. well done as well as rare. So you know, I have no problem bringing it up to, you know, the upper side of one, you know, 158, 159, 160. Yeah. But I'm right there with a the thermometer too, you know, double check. Right, right. And uh, of course, you know, whenever you're cooking with bones too, it's a little trickier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because um, it takes longer down. and stuff. But yeah, and I do love those bare backstraps. Oh my lord! Yeah, they're good. Now, here's the thing with with backstraps for me though for bears is um, well I it's tenderloins and backstraps fall in the same category. I love them fresh, but this they after a while in the freezer, at least I find this is that they seem to get almost like dried out or something. I, I don't know how to describe it, but. They get kind of a different flavor than if they're really, really fresh. And I I tend to not like steaks from bears after a couple months in the freezer. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Okay. Um, certainly fresh fresh is always better. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but it, especially when it comes to... But no, you, you're right. Because I've had backstraps that were... Um, you know, in in the freezer for for a year, let's say. yeah, let's say, um, or, or actually, like like if I shot it in the uh, in the fall, it's like the fall, not not that winter, but the following winter, we've had them in the ice house. So you know, it's a year, fourteen, fifteen months old, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's definitely a difference. It's not as uh, it's not bad, but it's yeah. not as good as like a week after you shot it. Yeah, yeah, yep. right out of the fringe. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That, that that's the way I'd put it. It's not bad. It's it isn't. I mean, it's definitely ed- it's beyond edible. It's good, but the yeah. the reason I say this because when you have a steak that especially has never been frozen, a bear steak that's never been frozen. I mean, it, it's among the best steaks you'll ever eat. But it that quality degrades fast is what I've noticed. It goes from I mean, one of the best steaks you'll ever eat to an okay steak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you know, as, as we have to throw in a caveat when you say, it, and I agree, it is the probably one of the best steaks you'll ever eat, as long as the bear has been taken care of properly. That's true. Yes, and which yes. is kind of something I always like to talk about because people, most people, you say it's like, what do you do with the bear? It's like, oh, I eat it. It's like, well, I had a bear once. I didn't think it was that great, and yeah. I will guarantee you that it, the the meat wasn't stored, prepared, and taken care of properly. Like it probably got too warm or whatever. Yeah, but exactly. with the bears, you know. You got to keep it cold, and it has to stay cold. Yep, exactly. Right after, you know, as soon as as soon as you pull the trigger, that thing starts to go bad. Yep, exactly. So, yep, and that it's unfortunate that people. Um, I think a lot of people that, you know, 
have have eaten there and probably no pun intended mm-hmm. a bad taste in their mouth um, <laughs> yeah because of the way uh the way it was you know maybe it was left in a truck overnight or something or hung up outside or whatever and it just wasn't cooled down quick enough and you know put on ice or whatever and that's yeah. a big part of because bear i've had bear that i've had bad bear mm-hmm. and it was because you know it just wasn't wasn't brought they didn't cool it off fast enough yeah yeah, um, wasn't scanned out and cooled down quick enough, but um, but anyway, just I was I always have to throw that in. Yep, yeah, I'll, you know I want to add to that because you know there's there's a couple things that first off, if you're going bear hunting, have mm-hmm. a plan for how you're gonna get a. I mean, it could be a 500 pound bear. Everybody wants to shoot a 500 pound bear, but what if it's your first time bear hunting and you need you shoot a 500 pound bear? you got to have a plan to get that thing out because it's not going to be in a convenient spot. <laughs> you know, they almost always nope. run into some thick, nasty tangle, you know. Well, it's going to be right in the middle of a spruce swamp with slash up to your neck. Yep, yep, exactly. And so you got to figure out how are you going to get that out of there. I mean, and there's lots of ways to deal with it. I mean, you know, my I always have the nuclear option, I call it, of I'm just going to go Western style and spend the night out there and have to, you know, skin it out there and quarter it up and haul it out piece by piece you know that that's you you should be prepared to have to do that because especially if you're hunting solo or just you and two buddies if it's just you and two buddies you're not getting a 500 pound barrel by by yourselves no no as a matter (laughs) of fact like the tripod was you know uh, 342 and three of us right three of us had a hard time getting that out of the swamp and we only had to go fortunately you know 150 yards right but i mean if i was if i oh man i don't want to think about it but and you know what makes that is you know even like trash bags you know hefty trash bags if you quarter it up and throw them into throw it into a trash bag and carry it out in the trash bag to protect it right it doesn't take a lot of preparation no it doesn't it doesn't quarter up an animal and carry it out of the woods but that is something you should always be prepared to do yeah and this thing too like you think about like the western guys they always have the um like the uh, mesh um, game bags and stuff. And and the yep. reason those are good is because if you're out in the back country and you're out there for a couple days or something, it's going to take you a while to get the meat out. Then yeah, those mesh, you don't want your meat in a plastic bag if you're going to be out there for a while. Oh no. no but it, but if you're, you know, in, you know, the North woods of Maine or Michigan or yep. Minnesota or something, and your goal is to have that bear back in the barn by, you know, by the end of the night or whatever. A garbage bag is no big deal. Yeah, by the next morning. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, a garbage bag is fine. It's usually usually down, you know, bear season, you know, Michigan and Maine, you're usually looking at, you know, 40 or 50 degree nights. Yeah. You know, maybe colder. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not 70, 80 degrees. No, no. It could certainly be that, it could certainly hit that in the daytime. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But usually the nights do cool down enough. So, if you had to work through the night, quartering up an animal you know you're not going to be swatting flies exactly yeah um and uh speaking of um, before i forget um mm-hmm. as we're on the subject of uh, bear and eating mm-hmm. bear and, and people that have had bear <laughs> you did a youtube video uh about eating grizzly i did i did that, that i watched yeah. yes you know, i'm, I'm kind of i kind of want to delve into that because okay. i have never had grizzly okay so I, I'll, I'll, this will be the whole backstory behind that video. So preface this, if you haven't seen my YouTube video on what does grizzly bear taste like, I highly recommend you check it out because I Googled it or I, I searched on YouTube and there is no other video like it. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. I, 
No, I was really surprised. That's why I did it. I was very surprised that nobody has done it. And, and the reason I wanted to do it because, you know, I've, you know, I've never hunted grizzly bear and mm. I have eaten lots of black bear. And all I've ever heard my whole hunting life is grizzlies are nasty. You can't eat them. Like you'll go on the Alaska outdoors forum online mm-hmm. and the stories you hear is like, oh man, the dogs wouldn't even eat it. It's that bad. And just all these crazy stories about, you know, how terrible it is. And um, I thought that doesn't even make any sense because then you'll see people eat them and you go, wait a sec. <laughs> the, there, there's a lot, there's, there's the, this, the information just doesn't make sense. So I wanted to firsthand figure out what the deal was because I've also heard, you know, that venison tastes terrible, black bear tastes terrible, all this stuff tastes terrible. And then I have it and it turns out as long as you properly prepare it and properly take care of it when you shoot it, it tastes great. So I thought, you know what, I, I got a feeling grizzly bears the same way. And then also, I, I you know, I looked for the answer, what does is, what is grizzly bear taste like? And, I mean, nowhere do you find a real good definitive, like, taste test, you know, this is what it tastes like. So I said, well, I'm going to do it. So um, so what, what we did is, when I was up there, uh, up in Alaska, because I, in case you guys don't know, listen to this, I... I was just up in Alaska for a black bear hunt this, this last August, but um, yeah. when I was up there, <clears throat> um, my friends Jess and Steve they they were able to hook me up with some. They had some friends. They didn't have any grizzly in their freezer, but they had some friends that did. So the first one we went to was their neighbor Crazy Bob, and Crazy Bob, he's <laughs> he's I'll tell you, Crazy Bob is one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. Um, there's there's only one. You know, when you meet a lot of people in your life, you you, you realize that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm thinking if, if there's one guy that has grizzly in the freezer, it's got to be Crazy Bob. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I seriously, so we were, we, were, we were sitting down having some drinks one night, and Crazy Bob came over. And uh, <laughs> Crazy Bob, he, he pulls up in a, which is just ridiculous for Alaska, he drives up in a Shelby Mustang GT. <laughs> brand new one and you're really? like what in the oh. world and he gets out and you're like what in the world is going on here and i asked him i said uh so so bob how many grizzly bears have you killed He's like well i stopped counting 30 years ago <laughs> wow. and that yeah i gotta have him on the podcast it's it's gonna be an interesting one though he uh i don't know i, I gotta figure out how to do that one but anyway Yep. So he has some, he's eating a lot of grizzly bears. And, uh, and so he was, he was nice enough to bring me over some, uh, grizzly bear breakfast sausage. And, um, unfortunately the grizzly bear, it was from, I think 2018. So he, he has a, he's got a, some medical issues. And so he hasn't hunted grizzlies for a couple of years. So that's why it was from that old. So anyway, he, he brought me this sausage and, uh, we, we opened it up. And I was just totally open-minded about it. I opened it up and I realized the whole outside was freezer burnt because it was from 2018. And I was like, yeah. oh, no. I mean, it was like yellow. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. And I didn't know what to do. Well, I, I, I separated it out and this, this meat, the, and the inside was okay. And so um, when I smelled it, though, it, it had an odd smell to it. It smelled, it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't appetizing, but it, I don't know, it, it smelled like weird roast beef was the best way I could describe it. It was 
I was, I was very skeptical after smelling it that I, this, I was like, wow, maybe this is not going to be edible. <laughs> maybe everything I read is true. And, um, anyway, so we cooked that up and that turned out as you cooked it, this, the bad smell went away and then it just smelled like bear. And then when I ate it, it tastes like bear sausage. It's like, oh, okay, oh. cool. So, I mean, this is probably not a great grizzly bear, but it tasted just like bear. And so then we got a hold of a guy named Gary Grinwald, and um, he had shot a bear the year before that it, it actually had charged him and he shot it. And, um, and so he kept the meat from that. And he said he really liked it. So we're like, oh, okay. And so we got this and he gave us a piece of steak from the hindquarter and then some ground grizzly bear. And when we had the steak, it, it, you know, was a year old. And like, like I said, I don't, I don't really, you know, there's the quality of a steak. That's a bear steak. That's a year old is not as good as it is fresh, but tasting it when we had it, it tasted just like a year old black bear steak. You know, if I, if I pulled mm -hmm. steak out of the freezer from a black bear, it, it tasted identical to it. And I mean, that one, now that bear didn't have any smell to it. It smelled just like a black bear. And then. So, so, so in all honesty, if you were blindfolded, mm -hmm. could you tell? No, I could not oh, tell. Right. No, right. I, I couldn't tell. No, the, no, cause I had other people because I had Jess try some, I had Steve try some, and then their son-in-law tried some too and I, they how what, what was their reaction it was like they 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 thought it was okay but like like i said it you know bear steak after a year isn't as good and so i thought their their reaction was about what i would expect so um yeah. they they thought it was okay and actually they it changed their minds because they had never really salvaged they've only shot I think they've shot two or three grizzly bears, and I don't think they've salvaged them before. But th after yeah. eating that, they went, "Wow, we're going to start salvaging at least some of them." So they're sell they're going to that alone changed their mind, which is pretty cool. Um, and then I brought home to Michigan the ground grizzly bear, and that I cooked. Well, that, that first night or second night I got home, my father-in-law was in town. And he I cooked up a grizzly bear burger for him. And he loved it. He ate the whole thing. He thought it was really good. <laughs> and he has no... I mean, he's not like a heavy, wild game eater or anything like that. And, um, yeah, he thought it was great. And I thought... And, and the grizzly... The ground grizzly bear, I didn't think tasted any different from black bear either. So... I, I would love to love to try it, and uh, I got I got a question for you yeah. because this is a common misconception. Mm -hmm. What average size of a grizzly bear? Mm -hmm. When you talk to people that have shot two, three, ten, twenty, I don't know, maybe in crazy uh, was it crazy Bob? Crazy what, Bob, what, yeah, crazy, crazy Bob. Bob. Maybe in this case, maybe it's maybe it's fifty or hundred, but yeah. Um, what's the average size of a grizzly shot? Well. Because people have this, when you talk about a grizzly, people seem to think it stands 10 feet tall and weighs 1,000 pounds. No. And no. and uh, not that there aren't mm -hmm. grizzlies that, or brown bears that do that. Yep. Um, but um, <clears throat> I just, I've never really seen any um, 
never never really talked to anyone or asked anyone what you know it's like is it is the average 500 pounds 550 600 i mean yeah i i I would this is my so well and the funny thing too is i went when i dropped off my black bear to the taxidermist up there because what i did to save cost was uh, instead of having to sorry yep got you drop my mic there um yeah let me get that let me get that for you (laughs) (laughs) so so when i went into the tax so when i went to the taxidermist to see because i i brought my bear hide and skull into there got it sealed and um he's gonna tan the hide and ship it home to me that way i didn't have to check it as a bag flying home so when i went in there um he had a pile of grizzly hides laying around and I would say a small grizzly is the same size as a large black bear. Um, I, I mean, and I, I hate saying that cause I haven't seen a ton of grizzlies on, you know, running around, but a big, like 500 pound black bear is just as big as a small grizzly. Okay. So no grizzlies get dramatically bigger, of course, but they're not, yeah. they're, they're not as freaky big all the time as you'd think. And I'm also, and I guess my, I'm kind of leading more towards like what, you know, are, are, are like younger bears, like say in the five to 600 pound range, are those, are those shot more than, you know, the bigger mature bears? I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. I think um, so. Based on, based on the hides I saw laying around. Yeah, I think that's true. Most people are not shooting and, 10 foot or brown bears. You know what I mean? <laughs> put, no. Well, yeah, well, you hear about it when they do. But, yeah, right. Um, the other thing is, um, I don't think from what I, what I've heard, um, or red rather, but maybe both, but, uh, black bears don't tend to be as big up in Alaska as they are here in the States. That's true. They tend That's to true. be smaller. Yep. Yeah. That's true. So, um, it, cause you, you got to think the bears up there, they only, they have, cause really they don't get good eating until middle of May and, mm-hmm. you know, good vegetation for them to eat until about middle of May, even late May sometimes. And then, you know, really things shut down mid to end of September for them there. And there is no, you know, hard mass. So there's no acorns. There's no beech nuts. Basically the bears up there, they have two big food, you know, feasts per se. They get to have the berries and they get to have the salmon. In the springtime, they get to eat rotten moose and stuff too, or, you know, winter kill moose. But, you know, that's not really a, you know, I mean, that's not a, I mean, they have that here too. So, but yeah, the two yep. big things they get to put them the fat with is the berries and the salmon. So, um, which I mean, that's substantial, but they have a lot less time to eat it. So yeah, they just don't get as big up there. I mean, like the bear I shot, if he, if I would have shot that bear around here, it would have been a mid 200s to almost 300 pound bear. But okay. um, he only weighed one, what do we, what did I say? 195 is what we yep. calculated. So, yeah, we didn't hang him up or anything. We just figured by the yeah. boned out weight. So, that's how we figured out his yeah. weight. So, no, no, where exactly did you did you shoot that up there? So, we I shot him in unit 16. So, uh, I don't know if there's any other units that are open to baiting year round, but in most of Alaska, you, you can only bait in the springtime. Um, okay. and it shuts down June 30th in, in most units. But in unit 16 specifically, it's a predator control unit. They, it's, it's really hard to access. Um, and so there's no roads or anything in unit 16, as far as I know. 
Um, and so they have so many bears in there that they just have basically you can I forget when baiting starts there, but it ends September 30th. So it goes all the way through the fall and even the summer too. So if you wanted, I mean, you could start up a bait. I think it's middle of April is when you can put out a bait. Don't quote me on that, but um, I think that's when you could put out a bait anyway. I mean, so, I mean, yep. you could literally bear, and there's no close season for bears either. So, I, and I think the, I think you can shoot three black bears and at least one brown bear, if not two. So you can just sit there all summer and hunt bear. I mean, you can go July 1st, July 15th. I mean, I shot my so bear. Question, you know, go ahead. So, so why, why don't we live there? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. But, uh, I've been asking myself yeah, that yeah. question quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is I've always wanted to do a spring bear hunt. I've just never been able to put it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've never, I've never been spring bear hunting anywhere. Yeah. I was going to go up to Canada. Um, I forget how time flies. Maybe it was like four years ago. We, we were talking serious about it. There's an outfitter up there that you can actually shoot two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a ton of money. Yeah. Um, uh, it just never could never pull it off. Gotcha. Um, unfortunately, but I, yeah. one of these days I'm going to go on a spring bear. And of course, you know, they were always talking about, well, you know, and maybe if the population keeps growing the way it is, if they become such an issue that, you know, maybe they will at some point give us a spring bear season, either in New Hampshire or Maine, but I don't, I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been talking about, I mean, there, there's a push to do that in Wisconsin and in Michigan here, but for whatever reason, yeah. I don't quite understand why, but there's just a lot of opposition to it here amongst hunters, totally. not even, not even not from like the anti-hunters or anything, even just hunters themselves. I, I don't know why, you know, cause I had on, um, I'm a member of this group called uh black bear bow hunter society. And, uh, yep. the, one of their, the big pushes we're doing is trying to get a spring bear season in Michigan. And I had, uh, the president Jerry Maciak on here and we were talking about it. And I remember us posted, we posted some stuff on social media trying to, you know, get people's ideas for it and everything. And the opposition among hunters was just shocking to me. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, I don't really know why either. It, it just, it, it's that they, do, I think it, what the biggest thing is, is they don't want to ruin what they have in the fall right now. They're worried about the bear population and the increased success from spring seasons. And and what I, I don't think a lot of people realize is that, um, if you started especially a limited hunt in the spring where you're allowing baiting and stuff, it's actually going to help mm-hmm. the bears out more because how many bears can just barely make it out of hibernation, you know, starving. And if they had that extra nutrition from baits and there'd be less, um, there'd be less hunt, um, not hunter conflict, um, less like nuisance bear complaints and stuff. I mean, you look at all the spring seasons up in Canada and, because they're out there feeding bears all the time. They got bears everywhere. (laughs) So, you know, there's no shortage up there. And, you know, I don't think there's more bear now. I mean, I don't, I can't because I'm not a biologist. So I have no, nothing to base this on, but I just can't imagine that a spring season, um, would, uh, would affect the the overall population. I mean, yeah, would you, and you know, here's the other thing, how many people would actually hunt bear? Yeah, exactly. You know, because there's, there's so many, there's, we, you know, they're actually, it, I guess there is some talk now, I guess, because of this whole 
you know, the, the year, you know, the whole COVID thing, if more people have bought licenses this year, hunting and fishing than, mm-hmm. than years in the past. And That's good. I, you know, I'm, I think it's a, a result of that, but um, how many people are actually going to go bear hunting and harvest, you know, just because, you know, you yeah. get say 5,000 people buy bear hunting tags. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to kill 5,000 bear. Exactly. You know, yeah. so, so um, I don't know, maybe they should, uh, if they did it, like say they just did it for one year. Yeah. And you'd see how many bear actually got harvested in the spring. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then, you know, did that affect the overall kill in the fall or did it, you know, I know. Yeah. I just think it's something that they could, you know, they could do it like an introduction. And then if it, you know, within a couple of years, if things weren't working, right, they could pull it. But I, I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah. to get something like that past legislation is, 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 geez. right. Exactly. You know, getting, it's ridiculous trying to get anything like that pushed through or anything. But I know. Anyway, I know. That's another problem. Yep. But, I hear you. And, that, and that's the thing. I mean, I wish they would be willing to do a pilot program like that just to try it out. I mean, I, I don't know what the great opposition is to it. Because, I mean, you're right. It, it's still, what did I tell somebody? Somebody asked me what I really thought the result would be. And I said, you know, if you shifted all the hunters over to the spring season, you'd see like a maybe, you know, like if the average success rate's like 25% right now, I think it is, you'd see it like 30% in success rate. It's not going to be all of a sudden become a slam dunk. Everybody kills bears, <laughs> you know? No, and that's... It's probably you know no more than in the fall. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a slam. It's not a slam dunk like people think it is. No, it isn't. Even in the um, spring. Even in the spring, because no. then, you know, you still you can still put out baits and not get bears. <laughs> it's not like there's bears just roaming oh. everywhere looking for food. Yeah, you you don't have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you know you can do everything right, but still, if you know, it's not always. It just doesn't always pan out. I know. I know. Um. But so speaking of that, do you, uh, so you've got your operation probably ready to, uh, in full swing or. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I know. Yep. I got both. So I'm running two bait sites this year. I'm, um, I've got both of them set up. I've got to run and rebate the other one. So I, this is what Saturday, the 28th, I think you said 29th, mm. Saturday, the 29th. So last Wednesday I set up my first bait site and yesterday I set up my second bait site. So. I'm going to go and rebate my first bait site tomorrow. I've kind of let it sit for a little bit. They're both brand new sites. I've never hunted this area, but so the unit I live in, um, I don't mind saying I'm, I'm hunting the Amasaw unit this year um, in Michigan, third season. So it's the later hunt, September 25th is when I can start. So um, I've never actually hunted this unit before, but because I live here, I know where I've seen bears later in the fall. And so I've kind of had mental, kept mental tabs of those spots. And so now this year I actually get to test out those theories about, Oh, well, if I just could put a bait site here, put a bait site here. <laughs> so, but so, so, so just to back up a sec, you said yeah. you can't, you can't start hunting until the 28th of September. Yep, the 25th of September. Yep, because Michigan has three. 25th of September. Oh, okay. Yep, Michigan has three seasons. So there's the first, second, oh, and right. third. But it's a tag draw. So here. I, I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. Yep. So there's there's you you have to draw tags here, and the first season, which starts September, well, it floats now, but it's always around the 10th of September. I think this year it's the 9th, but um, okay. the so it starts September 9th this year, and. That hunt, it takes about five years to draw a tag. Now, um, 
the second season, which starts around the 15th, I think it's the 14th this year is when it starts. But um, that hunt, yeah, because it's always five days after the first season opens. That usually takes, mm. you can draw that tag every other year, usually. And the, the third season, you can draw a tag every year, except for some units. The, the unit I'm in, it's every other year for the third season. So. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because see, New Hampshire is just across the board. In other words, it's just it's the same across the the state, but uh, bait bait season, and then yep. then then the yep. then it's hound season. Okay, so you can't hunt over bait yep. after the hounds start. That's how it's done in New Hampshire. Okay, can you run um, hounds off baits though? In New Hampshire? Uh, no, no. Okay. So well, it's... no. Okay. That's the that's the see that's the controversy ah. because basically what happens is the bait guys, you know, bring the bears in mm-hmm. and of course, you know, everybody knows everybody. So it's like, Oh, you know, so-and-so they just, you know, they, the, the, the bait, the bears get concentrated around the bait sites. And then of course, you know, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to go look for a strike with your dog, I mean, you're kind of probably going to go in that vicinity, but you're not in theory. I mean, realistically, you're not jumping them off bait. Yeah. Yeah. But, the the baits do the baits do bring the bears into you know certain areas mm-hmm, right um i had a bear i guess it was was it five years ago it's kind of a kind of it's a it's 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 kind of it's still it's kind of a thorn in my side but i had a bear uh, uh the biggest bear i've ever seen mm-hmm. um i've got pictures of it and, and when i first started my instagram i i put pictures of that bear up and i knew it was big yeah um, of course, they all, they all look big when you don't, you know, <laughs> until you took it away. But um, <clears throat> I had him, he would not come in before 10 o'clock at night. Interesting. And, uh, uh, well, bait season end, hound season started three or four days later. There was a bear shot a half, uh, probably a quarter of a mile from my house. It weighed 527 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Now, I know there weren't two of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. There's not that and many I, 527 I'll, pound bears running around contrary I'll, to popular belief. I'll, yeah. I'll dig those. I'll dig those pictures up and I'll, I'll send them to you. But, okay. Um, yeah. I want to see that. Oh man. I was, <laughs> and but you know, it was one of those things. It's like, you know, he was in the area and you know, the, everybody talks and you know, uh, it's like, Oh, so-and-so has got a, a big one hitting his bait, but it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, Oh really? And mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not opposed to hound hunting. Don't right, get me wrong. Right. I don't mean, to, and I don't mean to. You know, I used to do. I haven't done it in 30 years, but um, I, I have no no issues, no objections, or anything. But it is frustrating when, because you know, the big ones always come in at the end of the season. I mean, the big ones don't come in for you know opening day. Right, it just doesn't happen. Right. So if you you know if you wait it out and you pass on a couple of small ones, you tend to sometimes usually get a, a better bear towards the end of the season. Yep. But, you know, the real big ones very seldom come to a bait. Yeah. You know, they just, yeah. they know, they, they're, that's why they're so big. <clears throat> yeah. They do, but, you know, they come in at, you know, midnight. Yep. Yep. But, exactly. but, in it, but at some point they do come in. And when they do, of course, you know, the, you know, the hounds, you know, they get into that area and the hounds find. Yep. Exactly. So, but that's the game. You know, that's just the game. Yeah. Yeah. You and, know, you know, we need, the, go ahead. And we need the hound, you know, we need that percentage of, um, bears harvested with pounds um, yep. because you know to, to to keep the numbers down. So I mean, it, it's it, you know it is a nece- it is necessary. Yep. But anyway, hundred percent. Yep, for sure. But, uh, 
but that one still stings a little bit. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I've determined about those big bears though, is, is I think that as a boar gets more and more mature, the more and more nomadic they get. I, I think those big boars are just, I mean, I know there's exceptions to the rule because there's definitely, you know, I've, I've heard the stories of where somebody has a 500 pound bear coming in every single day of the same bait for a month. But I think generally the rule is those big bears have just giant home ranges and they just wander around here to there to everywhere in their home range, sometimes outside their home range too, but they stick around for about a week and then disappear and you won't see them again until next year, <laughs> you know? And I think those bears just accident just get accidentally killed because of the right place at the right time, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you often wonder how many of those, um, well, generally, I mean, when something like something big like that gets hit by a car, you hear about it, but yeah, I think a lot of bears get, you know, killed by automobiles because they don't, you know, they don't necessarily die right on the road. They run off. Yeah. And, yep. you know, die in the woods. Yeah. And if it happens to have a tracking collar on it, you know, they, they locate them. But, you know, sometimes like there was a bear hit in New Hampshire that had a tracking collar and the thing had walked like four or five miles. Yep. Yeah. Whereas, whereas like a deer. You know, it's like pushing a piece of meat off the end of the table when you hit it with a car. It's right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the beat, you know, the bears tend to, uh, to, you know, to, to get, to get away. So it doesn't necessarily get reported as a kill. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's so weird very when you see a dead bear on the side of the road too. Like you almost never see very, it. Very, it almost has to be a tractor trailer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to take to take them out instantly, but yeah. Anyway, oh yeah. Um, also, I don't know if we. Uh, I think we talked about it, but um, you know, speaking of tripod, mm-hmm. yeah. Finally getting back from, finally getting back from the taxidermist, and uh, after about a week of uh, uh, pondering, I I actually donated him to a museum over in Vermont. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. He uh, uh, the Southern uh, Vermont History of Natural Natural. Um, Vermont Museum of Natural History. It's right on uh, Hogback Mountain. It's an amazing place. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I saw the picture yeah. on the Instagram. It, it's it's a cool spot that he's in. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, I did. Yep. That. Yep. Yeah, you did. So yeah. that is a cool. Maybe I I hope that if anybody's listening to this podcast, they they caught our first episode. But if you could just maybe real quick add recap, who in the world tripod is. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. It's okay. I, I, I assume yeah. everybody's listened to it, but let's just maybe just in case, first time listener or something. Who in the world is this tripod guy? That's right. Well, he's not a guy, thank you. Um, he was a, a very, uh, very big and um, tough three-legged uh-huh. black bear yeah. that I uh, that I that I shot two years ago, mm-hmm. um, and it was a uh, one of those. It was two, yeah, two years ago, and uh, um. He was 342 pounds, mm-hmm. and uh, he had three legs, and it was a it was a almost surreal. Just you know, and I have replayed this in my mind so many times because when I first saw him, I saw I saw okay, black big bear, and he was hobbling. Yeah, and it's like oh, he's you know hurt his foot, hurt his leg, hurt his. Because you know when when a big bear is coming in, you you kind of you you get into a different zone and you're, yeah. you know, all you're thinking of is, okay, you know, take, you know, get gun ready, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, I never realized he was missing a leg until I shot him. 
<laughs> what I thought was uh, uh-huh. another hunter two day two nights prior had shot and 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 missed or okay. thought he hit it and lost the bear. So when I saw the bear hobbling, it's like, holy crap, that's the bear Travis shot. That's all that I thought. It okay, was going through my head at the time, and uh, Travis being a, another one of the hunters. Yeah, um, and uh, until I <laughs> until I shot it and really looking through my scope and then walked down there, I realized that he only has three legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, um, which is weird because he got up, he got right up on the barrel. Yeah. And, uh, but he was the other, you know, I was looking, um, you're looking at the inside. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. And, uh, it just, you know, next thing you know, it's like, and it, like, my God, I've shot a three legged bear. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't really know how to feel about it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, this is either going to be. I mean, the, this is going to be one of those stories like, oh, yeah, it shoots the handicap bears. You know, <laughs> give it the handicap site. You know, give it the handicap. Fortunately, that never stuck. But um, but uh, it was just – it was a very unique, um, amazing experience. But he was he was a he was a bear. It was just – you know, he was in his – he was about – you know, like his teeth had just started to rot. Okay. Um, and uh, he was, you know, on the – you know, he was – on the downside of his health, but it was time. Um, so, but, and they, they say that, you know, they, they, they thought that he had lost it at a very young age and it was either from a you know motor vehicle accident or possibly a, a hunting accident. And they, they didn't think it was from a trap because of where it was actually severed. It was severed very high up. And if you, you know, if you do go on my Instagram, or whatever, and look at those pictures, you can see where there's only about three inches of leg sticking down. Yeah, yeah, and t- and that's typically if a bear loses his leg in a trap, that's not where they lose it. Okay, you know they you know they got more, but I just thought so that's tripod, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sitting here with one of his claws around my neck, and I'm looking at his skull on the table, mm-hmm. and uh, we've had a very very close relationship for the last couple of years. But um, <laughs> when I put him up on the wall, I looked at it and I went, "This is just not doing this bear justice. This yeah. bear is just too great." You know, it's like it needs to be it just deserves more. And I called a buddy of mine that works at the museum. I said, Hey, you know, he's like, well, let me talk to my boss. And sure enough, like, yeah, bring it over. That's cool. And so that's the story. Yeah. So it was a nice, it was a nice, uh, just a nice ending. You know, it was just kind of, it was, it's just, I think that's where he belongs. And it's a great museum. I mean, they have, um, I, I gotta say, I never realized what they had there. They have hundreds, almost, I don't know how many mounts they have, but it's a lot. Yeah, and they also they also have um, and actually I put him beside if you can see those pictures another beautiful little black bear. Yeah, Vermont. I saw that. Yeah, that was a Vermont bear. Okay. So the other thing about tripod is he's a three legged bear that's been in three states. <laughs> <laughs> shot, shot him in Maine, traveling bear in New Hampshire, and then he's now in New, New Vermont. So he's a tri tri state bear. Tripod but, um, the tri state bear. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean it couldn't have worked out any better. So, but anyway. But so yeah, so now anybody can uh, stop by and check out tripod. Cool, yeah, I definitely That's recommend good. anybody do that. That'd be cool. If I'm ever in the yeah. area, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's right on uh, Route Nine. What's Hogback Mountain? There's a little gift store, and then attached to that, it's a it's a really cool place actually. And like I say, I've been there a dozen times, and I never knew. Yeah, I just never knew they had that kind of that kind of. They also have educational birds, you know, hawks okay. and owls and stuff like that. But not to get off the subject of bear hunting, right? But um, <laughs> no, it's not bad. you know, again, it's all kind of ties into it that you know we kind of have a lot of reverence for the animals that we that we take. Yeah, for sure. No, that's cool. You know, because so, I I've always wondered, like, you know, 
like I go to you go to Cambellas and you see you know these mounts of obviously animals that people have shot right and when I was younger I thought man that's kind of sad they like sold their trophies to Cabela's or, or where, you know, name your store or whatever. Yep. And now that I'm older, I go, actually, that'd be, that's, that's cool for it because more people are going to see it and respect it and wonder about it than if it's, you know, in your living room, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so. if I bring home any more taxidermy, my wife's going to throw me out. To be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, I hear you there. but anyway, um, but yeah, back to so back to bear hunting. But um, like I'm I'm headed out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, and I am psyched. I bet. Um, I bet. Yeah, I'm gonna get up there and uh, hopefully. I really don't. I've got a little bit of you know news as far as like what's going on, but it's you know it's the same. They usually like, yeah 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 they're you know they're up here they're hitting. I'm like all right here we go. <laughs> cool cool. So well, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get up there. So you're going hunting with a buddy up there then. Yeah, buddy, okay. um, he's actually, uh, yeah, well, up at um, uh, Bozebuck Mountain Camps. Okay. Um, and uh, it's a full-fledged full outfitter camp. You can go up there and, um, you know, book hunts and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bear hunts. And he does, uh, well, it's a, it's a, you know, they do everything. They do bird hunts. And his, his bread and butter is, you know, snow machines. Oh, okay. There are less and less, less and less hunters, but uh, yeah. he's always looking for bear hunters. Cool. And, uh, it's just a cool place. You know, it's, uh, the, the, it, it, it's, the place has actually a kind of a cool story behind it, but it, the, the shorter, short version is it's a, a bunch of cat, a cabin, a uh, bunch of cabins on a lake, uh, full of, full of salmon. So, oh, cool. With a lot of, with a lot of deer and bear running around. So it's nice. a great place to go, you know, book a week and go, go hang out. Yeah. Do you, do you do any salmon fishing when you go there? I do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You can fish right off the dock. Um, cool. Um, you know, and there's those smaller ones, but still you can, they want you to keep them. There's so many. Yeah. So, yeah. You can fish right off the dock. You can catch salmon fries, you know, um, they want you to keep them in that lake. They actually, they don't want you to throw them back. They want you to keep them. So obviously, you know, if you're catching two or three, four salmon, you got to start either eating them or leave one or the other. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, exactly. But, exactly. but it's a, it's a, it's a cool place, but it's a typical classic, you know, Maine, you know, those tall peak of trees and just yeah. uh, the middle of nowhere. Cool. But, uh, so I'm, I've never been to Michigan. Okay. And well, I'm, I'm not sorry. No, that's not entirely true. But on my road trip last year, I came up through, uh, just, I, I basically drove along the bottom of Michigan and then dipped back down. So I have driven through Michigan, but not anywhere near where you know i'd love to spend time out there and uh mm-hmm. i just don't really understand i mean like what type of forest you know you hunt typically we talked about this but when you look for a bear site you you want to be between like the uh, evergreens and the hardwood yep yep exactly where the um, oaks meet the hemlocks which is exactly. where both of my both of my stands are right now <laughs> <laughs> how did i know that yeah. how did i know that but, yes uh, but uh, I, I I would love to I don't know I'd love to get out there and actually just see the lay of the land. But it's uh, yeah, so it's probably I don't know it it's probably different than the Northeast. Okay, so I I have never been to New Hampshire, Maine, that area. But from the pictures, I, the close I've been is we drove I drove through Massachusetts at one point, and. Um, from what I've seen of that, it's pretty similar. I'm not going to say they're exact, but they're very similar, I think, um, the woods types anyway. 
and based on the pictures of Maine and New Hampshire and stuff, there it's very similar. Now we don't have like like the White Mountains and stuff of New Hampshire. We, we're not anywhere near mountains of that size, but yep. we do have some. You know, it's hilly. It's not completely flat or anything, but it's it's hilly, and there's a lot of you know it's mixed. So you've got you know your boreal forest, evergreen kind of stuff, and then um. And then your hardwoods too. So you'll have oak ridges and maple ridges, and then they'll drop down to a spruce swamp. So, um, okay. So I think it's pretty similar so, to theirs, Mike. No, that's the UP though. So you know, so if you're up in the UP, that's what it looks like. But as you go south and south, so the northern lower is a lot like the UP, but it's more flat in a lot of areas. And there's more agriculture there because we don't have any, I mean, other than your hay fields here and there, there really is no mm-hmm. agriculture in the UP at all. Um, but as you get in the northern lower peninsula, it's it's a little more agriculture. And then by the time you get to the line is about Midland, um, Saginaw area. And as you get yep. south of that, it turns into all agriculture and starts to get to the bigger cities too. So, yep. That's Michigan in so a nutshell. You, yeah, you've got a you've got a mixture. So you you've pretty much got everything. Yeah. I mean, except for like big mountains, but uh, yeah. you've got like so you got you you've got like a like an Acadia. Yeah. Uh, an Acadian. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's quite it's quite a, it's quite a drastic change as you go throughout the state. It's kind of cool. So. Now, do you have a lot of white oaks? No, where I'm at, we have no white oaks. Now, in southern okay. Michigan, there is a lot of white oak, but in in the UP, the only thing we have is reds, red oaks. Okay. I mean, you'll we, you'll we see have... some baroque too. I should say there is some baroque, but for the most part, it's reds. I mean, ninety nine point nine percent reds. And uh, do you have like a lot of beech trees? Okay, so for what I don't quite understand why this is, but the, the middle, if you were to draw a line north south and put it right smack dab in the UP, like draw a line from Marquette south, everything yep. to the east there's beech trees. Everything to the west there's no beech trees. I don't know why that is, but that's just how it is. <laughs> Makes no sense. So, yeah. So for like natural, like, so for natural food sources, what, what, what typically, what do the bears live off out there? So, um, early in the, early in the, say early August is blueberries, raspberries, thimbleberries. And then mm-hmm. as the season goes on, um, you get blackberries, but then also the biggest thing is we have a lot of black cherry and a lot of choke cherry. And so they they, yeah. they live off of that big time, and then as the you start getting into September, it's if they're in the East UP, they'll have beech nuts and red oak acorns, and then yeah. but in the West UP, it's all just red oak acorns, and you'll get your little you every so often you'll find like cranberry swamps and stuff too, but that's not a huge food source, and and I've seen it seems like if you go because I've gone like deer scouting and early November and stuff. And I've seen bear scat full of cranberry then, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's another minor food source, but basically the biggest thing after about September 15th is they're hard on the acorns. Yeah. And that's, that's, they, they, well, when we're fortunate and have, um, there's quite a bit of beach, beach trees in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Um, but we don't always have great, great crops you know okay. some years we do and it, it's it's uh fortunate when we do but uh you know a couple of years ago we i don't think we had a single acorn in the state of new hampshire <laughs> yeah so that, that was a tough year you know all the squirrels died and uh it was just tough 
Yeah. But um, yeah, it's come back this year. I can be honest with you. I don't know how our I, I don't know how our acorns have been doing, but uh, the berries were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best black one of the best blackberry year, years I can remember. Really? Wow. Um, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm kind of kind of curious how the beech nuts are are going to do, but mm-hmm. um, you know, you always you know it's um. I mean, we do for a good year, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't, I don't know the. I, I know around here the. I don't know about the beech nuts, but I know the acorns are. Mm, I mean, they're not great. I mean, they're not bad. There's, there's definitely some acorns, but they're not. It's not a bumper crop around here. Yeah. So. Yep. Well, it's always yeah. It's always good to, uh, to, um, to know to know what you know where what what i wish you know i wish we knew ahead of time but you never really know until yeah exactly. really gets into the season. yeah but you know if you're uh if you get your bait sites going and you know you, you and you know where to put them it really should it should pan out yeah 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 i'm pretty anxious to see what my bait sites look like so i i now, wonder... do you do you, use, do you put out trail cams and stuff yeah yep so i should have post the... yeah i'll definitely post the photos so yeah so we may in theory we might be looking at some bear pictures tomorrow yeah yeah we could be, we could be. i hope so <laughs> That'd be cool. i hope so cool. i'm real curious yeah. about this site because um the the second site i think is going to be a slam dunk because i've had so the, the story of the second site is i i've bear hunted or not bear i've deer hunted out there and actually i shot a pretty nice buck out of that swamp and um but for a couple of years, well, basically every single year I've hunted there, I've had bears on trail camera in the middle of November. And so I thought, oh, so now that I have a bear tag for that unit, I, I want to put a bait out there and going into there. Um, Cause w- the, where, where the spot is, is you park there. There's a, there's a forest road that goes through there and you park on top of the ridge and it's all, and it's, there's some oaks in there. And you basically walk straight downhill, and by the time you get to the bottom of the hill, I mean, it's thick alder swamp, and it's a giant swamp that goes way, way back in there. And actually, um, if you go, because me and my buddy went deer scouting, and we took this trail um, and hiked, like, sort of into the swamp, and we were thinking, because I'd shot a nice buck out of there, and I thought, man, maybe we could get way back into the swamp, there's going to be, like, just nobody back there and all these huge bucks or whatever and so we we went hiking back in the swamp and i mean it was probably two mile hike or something and uh we get back in there and we're like man there's not really much for deer sign at all and we got further and further back and also like whoa that's moose (laughs) we found a bunch of moose back there so yeah so we're like oh oh okay well (laughs) that's why but um yeah, but there was there's lots of bear sign in there. Even in I think it was early November we went back there. So, what are you uh do you, what are you putting up for bait this year? So, yeah. So no, what I'm using this year. Um, I got uh, um, the biggest thing I got was early in the year I went and because we can't use chocolate here. We can it has to be chocolate free. Yep. So we I had, can't we can't in New Hampshire. No no chocolate in New Hampshire either. Yep. Yep. So what I did is I got some mixed nuts, but these nuts were they're from a company that sell they 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 roast the nuts and then they cover them in like a cinnamon sugar apple cinnamon sugar glaze, and uh, yeah, they smell really really good. So <laughs> I um yeah I, I've 
so that that's what I'm using it primarily. And then I made some homemade bear granola too that I mixed up. So um, yeah, so that's what I'm putting out for now. About half and yeah, half. The, uh, yeah, we're, um, we had, uh, we've had really good luck with, uh, with granola. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, you know, I donuts, I don't know. They kind of had to go wrong with donuts, but they're, it's, it's getting, they're getting harder and harder to get, to get a hold of or to get enough of them. Yep. That's the and key getting enough of them. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, cause you know, you, you always end up getting a chocolate one. So you got to yep. get rid of those, but yeah, but, um, donuts are good. But yeah. um, we had really good luck with uh, with granola and even dog food. Yeah, yep. Um, That's what they use and, in Alaska. Uh, they loved dog it. Dog food? Yeah, dog food. They loved it. If you can get an in, you know, if you can find a, um, a supplier, uh, there was a, there was uh, somehow my buddy got a hold of, oh, I don't know, 10,000 pounds of freaking dog food a couple of years ago. I don't know how <laughs> they did it, but they trucked it up there. Uh-huh. And you know what? The other thing I've done is um, I've bought... Uh, 55 gallon barrels of, of cookies mm-hmm. you know yep. sugar cookies and stuff yep. and from 100 and which is kind of cool because you get 55 gallons of cookies mm-hmm. and then you get you get up you get a barrel yep so you know what you can use <laughs> exactly so yeah it's pretty good for 125 bucks it's a pretty good deal yeah that's not bad but uh that's not bad i don't know if i can i don't know if i can still get those and the, the bears love them yeah yeah they love you cookies. Know, that a little bit of fry lit grease and mm-hmm um and uh yeah no we've had good luck with those yeah yeah they they love cookies now the only thing the only thing i've noticed i don't know if you've noticed this there but as you get into september and after the acorns start dropping they get real picky about the baits and the only thing i've gotten them to eat consistently is like nuts like trail mix or mixed nuts or something like that I mean, I've, I've even seen them, like, turn up their nose to cookies and stuff. I mean, they'll come in and eat it a little bit, but but if you put out, like, nuts or trail mix, they'll come in and pound it, it seems like. Have you, have you seen that there in New Hampshire? Uh, not really? Not, not, not necessarily. No, I can't say that I've noticed that. Okay. I have it well, but I have had very good luck with, uh, you know, mixed nuts. Yeah, okay. Um, and maybe I was just – maybe I just didn't think about it. But I think, the, you know, they have – course you know they have the sweet tooth yeah but but i guess maybe or maybe it's because if they're pounding acorns um maybe they just would rather have you know that maybe it resembles a natural food source i don't know yeah interesting that's what i've always figured i I just because they need they need those carbs yeah yeah see it's not a big deal like early in september in early september it doesn't seem to be a big deal at all but it's, it's once you start getting into like usually around september 15th and later it seems like they get yeah. real picky around here, is what I've seen. Well, I wonder if it isn't because uh, you know they need those acorns to. Yeah. That's what gets them to the winter, you know. Yeah. And maybe you know the, the sweets, the cookies and stuff. Just you know, those are empty carbohydrates. Right. And they probably know that. Yeah. You know, they probably know they have to build a certain amount of fat to get through the winter. So if they, you know, probably if there were no acorns, they'd probably eat every donut you put in front of them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, that's probably but, true. But, yeah. I never, you know, I never thought about that. That's yeah. something I've never never really uh, addressed that. I thought I never really had the reason to think about it. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, if you ever if you ever hunt later in the year, give it a try and let me know what you see. Because I'm I don't know. It seems like that I don't for whatever reason that just and I hate it because I just want to use whatever I want to use. But it seems like yeah. they get real picky on me. 
Well, I uh, we've only get well, and you know why I'm I'm putting this together in my head as we're talking, but the reason, yeah, I thought I could pull out a, I thought I had my rule book right there, but you know we can only bait for about three weeks. Uh huh. So realistically, by the time the nuts start falling, the baiting season's over anyway. Right. Uh, so that's probably okay. why. I, uh, yeah. So that that might answer that might answer the question. Well, yeah, three weeks from the first is the twenty first, so. Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's usually about the season, 21st, 22nd, something like that. Right. So. And then we're done. So that's probably why the sweets have always worked. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the acorns haven't started falling yet. Right. Exactly. That For makes the sense. Most part. Yep. But, um, but anyway, yeah. um, it's always good to hear other people's, uh, you know, experiences and and whatnot. But yeah, for sure. What do you, uh, what do you, what do you hunt with for, this is kind of a, cornball question but i gotta ask what do you hunt with for a rifle okay so i mean i've bounced around a bit um the the rifle i've shot most of my bears with is my tika t3 light in 30-06 um i just i've got just a basic lapold vx1 scope on it and yeah um i mean that thing has killed so many bears now most of my except for how many bears have i killed with my out of the eight bears I've killed, five of them have been with thirty at six. The other three have been with my three thirty eight Win Mag. So that'll do it. Yep. Now this year yeah. though, I'm now um, for my Michigan hunt though. I just got my hands on a um, it's a custom bear rifle a guy built for me. Um, the the name of his his business is Ass a Woman um, Creek firearms uh, i'll put a link in the description of this podcast but um okay. they uh um he makes yeah he 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 made me this custom bear rifle and uh i just got it this last monday it's pretty sweet but it's in 35 wellin which, oh yeah yeah That's which a phenomenal round yeah yeah and in for for those that really don't know much about ballistics and stuff, basically it's a 30-06 case that's necked up to a 35 um, caliber bullet. So it's still got a yeah. lot of velocity behind it, but it's it's got a bit more weight to it. So um, it, it should be it's a, got some knockdown power. Yeah, yeah, so it should be a perfect bear round, black bear anyway. Oh yeah. So that's a that's a that's a great round. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of the old guys swear. I say the old guys. Um, a lot of <laughs> guys swear by that. Yeah, me yep. being one of them. But uh, but no, thirty-five whaling. That's a that's a great round. Yeah. Um, the thirty So you you know it's it's I I hear a million conversations about different rounds and ballistics and velocities yep. and da da da. It's hard to go wrong with a thirty odd six. I mean, they it's pretty much if you only had one, you know, it it'll do anything you want. Um, I got yep. a few of them, and I've shot a couple bit with thirty odd six. But okay, I'm. Been been partial to my 300 wind mag the last few years. Okay, that's what you're using this year yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. The 180. Um, it just does. It just works. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. And uh, I've always always loved that caliber. Yeah. And maybe it's because when I was um, you know a kid, I just I dreamed about going out west, and you know back then. Well, I'm talking 70s and 80s. You know, the 300 wind mag <laughs> was you know. A lot of, you know, there was a big talk about the three, because there weren't a lot of these calibers around. You know, you yep. you can hear, like, there was no 6.5 Creedmoor and stuff like that. But right. the 300 Wind Mag was like the, the Western rifle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, as far as anyone from New Hampshire was concerned. <laughs> right. I, I West felt about that. But 
and you know they were they were they had quite a bit of success up in Alaska with them. But um, yeah, now I think I think Alaska leans towards a three thirty eight. Yeah, I think that's. I, I, I mean, you, you hear all kinds of, but but I think the three thirty eight is pretty big up there based on what I've seen. Well, so. if you ask about, I actually um, I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but I'm kind of friends with a a guy that has guided. He's still actively guiding in Alaska, and he's 75 years old. Oh, cool! <laughs> that's awesome. He's, I think I think the oldest living guide in Alaska. Oh, that's he's, cool. But he got his license in 1963. <laughs> wow! Wow! And uh, yeah, so he's got a little, and he's got over 300 grizzlies to his credit. Wow, that's impressive. So, yeah, well, he's well, you know, 56 years. Yeah. Of, Right. Yeah. And not, not getting, you know, not, not in and you know, not ending up a pile of scat under a hat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You deserve, and he's had some close calls. Yeah. But, yep. uh, and he personally hunts with his, uh, he's got a custom, very, very unique fellow, but, mm-hmm. uh, he's got a custom Winchester 4570. That's okay. been, I, I think the only thing that's original is the actual receiver. Okay. But, um, but anyway, long story short, he does his own hand loads and this and that. But he said, I said, okay, let me ask you this. If, a guy, if I'm a client and I call you up and I don't have a rifle to hunt grizzly or to hunt in Alaska, okay, say I want to I go to Alaska and hunt four, four animals. I go, what, what, what rifle would you recommend? He says, well, it's pretty hard to go wrong with a 338 in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the, the gist. Now, I, I know there's going to be, you know, people yeah. probably – Sailors, but I guess that's kind of become like the you know one and done. I yep. guess up there. So, you know, but go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna. So I'm gonna ask you, what rifle do, you, what caliber do you think Crazy Bob uses? Boy, a guy that drives a Shelby Mustang in Alaska. What's he yep. carrying for? Probably 375 H and H. I don't know. <laughs> you're you're warmer than you thought than I thought you'd get, but. He shoots a short-barreled 458 Win Mag. No kidding. Yep, it is. He calls it his Bear Club. So he 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 brought it over and showed me. He was so proud of this rifle. No, mind you, Crazy Bob. I don't know how old he is. He 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 has some medical issues, but he appears to be in his early 60s and. He's, he's not the, um, he's pretty lean to put it to, yeah, to to describe his build. He's pretty, he's a pretty lean guy. So he's not like some thick, heavy guy. And, uh, he, he shoots, it's a, it's, it's an older rifle. It's a, it, what they, I'm not quite sure the full story on it, but it's a old German Mauser action that was, custom chambered for 458 wind mag and it's got some this custom stock on it and it's just this heavy thick gun um it's got an old lapold sto- lapold scope on it and uh yeah he calls it his bear club <laughs> 458 458 wow. wind mag that'll do it <laughs> yeah yeah i was i was yeah. He was very. He was so proud of it. He brought it over to me to show me. <laughs> Thing probably weighs twelve pounds. It was. It was a very dense gun. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't very know. Dense. Yeah. I like I like that very dense gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I'm I'm kind of a old. I love I love those old uh, classic. Yeah. Uh, bolt actions and safari rifles and stuff. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yep. Yeah. You, was, you know you can't afford them, but they're they're fun to talk about. Right. Right. Yeah. It. Uh, but, uh, it it was. Yeah. This gun is. Yeah. I I think you. It, it's exactly what you'd expect from an Alaskan. Um, just sort of hobbled together elephant gun. <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah, and um, my buddy, uh, another friend of mine, shot a um, he shot a grizzly back in 1976. Okay, he shot a grizzly up in Alaska with a 30 mm-hmm. 220 grain boat tail. Nice, and you know, one shot. Yeah, I mean, back in the 70s, there was a lot of 30 sixes running around. Yeah, yep, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, for most grizzlies, yeah. I mean, especially if you used, I mean, I wouldn't go after with thirty out six. I wouldn't use like a hundred fifty gram bullet or anything. But for your average grizzly, no. Yeah, I mean, no. especially if you're up on a bait station or something. Yeah, I mean, thirty out six, and I'd probably, probably what I would do. I don't know what. Yeah, I'd probably get like a. 220 grain nozzler but if i was if i was like i i cannot use a bigger gun i have to use a 30-06 and i've got to shoot a grizzly bear i'd get a 220 grain nozzler partition i know they make those and that's what i'd probably use yeah it probably work fine yeah yeah because um, when you say 150 actually that's what i down in north carolina when i deer hunt i use 150 yeah. 150 grain 30-06 and that because you know the deer are smaller down there but um it's a good it's a good match for them. Yeah. Yep. Um, but up around <clears throat> up around here, well, you might you know you got obviously uh, you know body wise bigger deer. I mean the one eighty I think is a more popular for the odd six now. Yeah. Yep. Pe- people tend to like the one eighties. Yep. Um, That's what but, I prefer for bears around here is one eighties. So well even yeah, my actually, even my even my bear up in Alaska was a one eighty na- nozzler Acubon. So. Yeah. Yep. Um. Out of out of the odd six. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they. That, well, that's my spare. Actually, I bring two rifles. When okay. I bear hunt. I take my three hundred. I actually get a, a Ruger M seventy seven that guide gun. Okay. Yeah. Seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Exactly just a hot guy. Yeah. It's a great, nice stout barrel. I just love that rifle. Yeah. Um. That's the three hundred Win Mag. But I take my um. I get my Remington seventy six hundred carbine pump. Okay. Six. That's my back. That's my backup. <laughs> Typical main you know, just gun. In case, Oh yeah, well it is the classic motion ski rifle. Oh, I love that that thing. I love that rifle. Um, I've had a few of those, uh, and I I have a few, but the that one in particular, um, I like. But uh, yeah. no, it's a great, you know, because it points like a shotgun. It's quick. Yep. And I like the pump because it's a, it's just a great, just a great gun. But that's my backup in case I you know drive over my three hundred. <laughs> yep, exactly. You never. If know I have a spare, it. I need it. You never know. You know, <laughs> I hate to get way up there and all of a sudden. God knows, you know, you, <laughs> something happens. It's like, uh, exactly. I don't have a rifle. If you get Could the room, you might as well. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so I, it's always kind of fun to throw some gun talk in there just to oh, yeah. always wonder what you, yeah. what you use. But, you know, it's funny because if there's 10 hunters in camp, there's 10 different calibers now. Yeah, oh, I know. You know, one, there's guy, so one guy's too. got a 280. Yep, yep, yep. One guy's got a 280. I guarantee you the guys that are going to be there this year, one guy's got a 270. Okay. Yep. He shoots. He shoots federal. Uh, what's the, 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 the something shock? 
uh, their their brand, the federal. Uh, oh, the great um, um, Power Shock. Yes. Yep. I think that's what it is. I think he so shoots too. those. The other the other guy's gonna has a two eighty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he shoots he shoots core locks. Okay. And uh, another guy's got a uh, he's he's got a two seventy. Yeah. Okay. So there's gonna be two two seventies, a a two eighty, mm-hmm. and my three hundred. Okay. Yep. So that'll be the those are but if someone else came, I'll guarantee you they'd have something else because that you know it's just there's so much it's so it's so it's so funny how the marketing gets so involved these days with, I know you know and, and it sways for whatever reason and you know what realistically any of them's going to work yeah yep <laughs> yep it's just really personal personal preference and what features do you want in a rifle exactly you know? yep yeah the one, the one guy go ahead uh one, one of the older guys two years ago had a encore 308 that he'd shot yeah, you know, just you know the single shot. You know the. Are you familiar familiar with the? Yep. Yep. The TCI. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Single shot um, ones. Yep. He had a nice one from the custom custom shop that was Ooh. just three hundred eight. Hmm. You know, three hundred eight, and that's what he shot everything with, and that's that'll cool. work. Yeah, that'll work fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's just funny. lots it's of just funny because, 308. You know, any 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 of those guns will work. Yep. Oh <laughs> yeah. Personal, yep. Personal yeah. Preference. The only the only the only like thing I, I i say about bears though it's just that you know i i like to shoot a bigger bullet bigger diameter bullet just because yeah. bears tend not to bleed <laughs> so well my theory well i love a 30 caliber yep up. yep um and let you know for i just I, I like 30 caliber and the theory is if you you know if you put a big enough hole in it something's going to come out yeah exactly yeah uh, and and or unless it's got enough hit like that 300's got enough you know shock you know that's got enough knockdown power that you know hopefully yeah but not that it you know i've lost you know i've lost animals with it so it's you know nothing's um nothing's a uh nothing's nothing's a done deal till it's over but uh yep. but generally if you if you put it where it's supposed to go it'll it'll do the job quick yeah well like, uh, i mean here here's a prime example i'm just thinking of this now i so I shot my bear in, up in Alaska, um, 180 grain Nosler Acubond out of my 30 out six, and mm-hmm. Nosler Acubonds, uh, they're, they're nicknamed Acubombs because they expand. I mean, there was a no joke, two and a half to three inch diameter exit hole. I mean, just blew a hole out the other side of this bear, and really, oh yeah, the I mean, and they're I mean. Acubons expand like crazy. I mean, if you want a blood trail, the best bullet you can use is an Acubond. They hold together and they just expand. The only problem is they, if you do not shoot into good meat, like don't shoot if you're like if there's a quartering away shot and you yeah. shoot into the other shoulder, you're gonna wreck that entire shoulder worth of meat if you shoot with an Acubond because I mean it'll just blow it apart. So, um, I mean, they're, for whatever reason, those bullets are just more explosive than any other bullet I've shot, but yeah, if you want some down there, great. So my point is the, I mean, there was this huge exit hole out of this bear, right? And so you would think that you would be able to get a blood trail that Helen Keller could follow, right? And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's what you would expect because if you shot a whitetail like that, I mean, it would, you know, you, you'd see a blood trail really good. Well, you know, I fortunately when I shot my bear, I saw it go down. It went about ten yards, maybe fifteen. Um, 
and yeah, but you went you went right through the right through the heart and lungs. Yeah, uh, I didn't hit the heart. I went both lungs, double lunged. Yep. So yep. double lunged went right down. So I saw it go down, but to, you know it went kind of down in some thick stuff. So I was like, well, it's a trudging right through it. Let me just follow the blood trail. And so I got to the bait barrel, and you know you could see definitely where you know, some lung, lung blood had come out, but as you walked on the trail, I mean, there was, there was blood, but there wasn't as much as you'd expect, you know, and that was out of a bear that I, I mean, literally blew a hole through the ribs on, you know. It is amazing how they, they really don't bleed. No, they don't. It seems like it went all into its fur and kind of into its fat a little bit too. So, you know, after, after kind of cutting it up and butchering it later, that's what I noticed is that it really went into the, it kind of stayed in the bear. The so, blood. Yeah, the blood did. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, so that being said, that that's why I like to, it's a very long winded way of saying that I, I like to use bigger calibers because at least there's some blood. Because if you shoot it with a 243, yeah, a 243 can definitely put down a bear. But if you don't get a great yeah. shot where it just happens to run a lot, good luck yeah. finding blood on that. <laughs> so, well, there's nothing worse because it's always ten minutes before dark. Yep, yep. And uh, you know, it's you know, you get the adrenaline of you know, Jesus, of wounded a bear. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know that tends to sometimes lead to well, we'll look for it in the morning, and you know, then either the coyotes get it or or. But yeah, no, I I totally agree and. I know people that hunt bear with a 243 and yeah. are successful, but oh I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I just um not not interested. I mean, yep. I don't know. I've attracted too many animals. I just I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. I've been unsuccessful tracking too many animals, but uh, but yep. no, the the 30 caliber I think is is I'm comfortable with that, and it I would never I wouldn't you know going bigger wouldn't be any any problem like yep. a 35 whale on it could be a great bear right yeah i'm i'm pretty excited about it i'm pretty excited about oh yeah it. yeah so um definitely a classic classic caliber yeah yep yep but, uh, it's gonna be good so yeah. yeah well that's awesome yeah so you excited have you have you heard anything from your buddy about how the baits are looking up there he said you know he's um not a kind of guy that gets excited, but okay. I can tell that um, there's there's action. He, you know, he's you know, of course, to him, it's just a deals with it all the time. But yeah. you no, know, it's it's good, uh, it's good. But he's you know, he's saying, oh no, you know, he goes here, you know, we're we get we're coming, you know, they're coming in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I guess the the berries are, um, I think gone. Hopefully gone. Okay. Um, but I, there might be a few left. But I'll get up there. We'll go out. Um, I'll get up there tomorrow. We'll we'll go out and bait Monday morning, and that'll then I'll know. Okay, so that'll be the telltale. But yeah, uh, I, sure. I think it's I think he's I think half his baits are getting hit pretty good. Okay. like every day. Good. good. So um, and uh, he's also got what the heck was he saying? Um, I saw my first lynx up there too. Have you ever cool. seen a lynx? No, I've never seen a lynx. I mean, a live one yeah. anyway. I've seen yeah dead lynx. But... I saw. I, but uh, I guess he's got a couple more. I guess he's seen a few of them up there this year. Okay, really? So kind of look. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of. I'd love to see another. I'd love to get one on video. Yeah, for but sure. It's hard because you usually see them at night. Yep. But um, you know, you never know. I always got my camera right there. But um, but no, he's you know he's he's because <clears throat> um, he you know like I say he's pretty positive about it. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure mm-hmm. they're hitting them if he says they are. So, but like I say, I'll 
well, I'll know better when we, we go out and see the barrels tipped over and yeah. scattered about. <clears throat> so I'm going to put my reputation on the line a little bit here. I'm going to say something that's kind of crazy, but um, not not real crazy, but kind of crazy. It's not that crazy. So the one weird animal I have seen that I shouldn't have seen, but I am 100% sure I saw it, was I saw Wolverine in Michigan. So my wife and I, this was back, let's see, so this was after one of the bad winters. I think it was the, it would have been the summer of 2013, I believe it was. My wife and I were up in the Huron Mountains, um, north of like Lantz, if anybody's familiar with where that is. Um, between Lantz and... <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, you yeah, if anybody wants to Google it, we were up between Lantz and the town of Skaney, and... Um, we were driving on, on this road, and it was the middle of the day, and we were driving, I mean, toward, towards the afternoon. It was late afternoon, I think it was. And we're driving around, and all of a sudden, this, about 40 yards in front of this our vehicle, this animal runs across the road. And my first like gut feel based on the size was, well, it's a little bear. And then I looked at it, and I saw the, the V on the back and the way it ran. And my wife and I looked at each other at the same time. We said to each other, was that a Wolverine? Wow. And the thing is, there's not supposed to be Wolverine. There's there's Wolverines in Canada right across Lake Superior. But there's not okay. there's supposedly is no Wolverines in Michigan right now. But I, I'm telling you, I saw a Wolverine. <laughs> 100%. Well, what would keep him from coming into... Absolutely I mean... nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, it, all, all it would have taken is one to cross the ice over to Michigan. So, I mean, it's not unlikely. It's just that there's supposedly is none up here. So, oh. yeah. Well, it's, you know, and then we've got the big debate about mountain lions in New Hampshire, too. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, we have them. <laughs> well, uh, I've never seen one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, fishing game will say, no, doesn't exist. But we have a, I've got a picture of an, uh, 10 years ago, a guy down in Alstead, New Hampshire, was out shed hunting, got a picture of a cougar. And it was in the paper, and I still have that picture. That's cool. Um, now there's all, you know, there's the argument, well, it's a released pet, you know, uh-huh. from, you know, because everybody's got mountain lions for pets. I mean, yep. is it theoretically possible someone out to, went out to Colorado, got a mountain lion, brought it back to New Hampshire, let it go? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Yeah. But I just, why would you do that? I don't know. Um, I don't know. But it was, uh, so it's always... I have always, I've been under the impression I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, after seeing that picture in the paper, I mean, that that's kind of a, you know, that, that you know, that makes it pretty obvious, but um, I don't know. I mean, there's no reason they couldn't be here mm-hmm. uh, except for, I don't know the habit. I, mean, I guess, I guess the argument is, and it would be my argument for us to make one is the habitat. They need so much like a big area of like, you know, wilderness to survive, mm-hmm. or or maybe they don't. I mean, from what I've read about them, it's like I mean they're in Canada. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I'm sure they don't. You know, they don't need a passport to come into the United States. Right. Exactly. No. But uh, I'd love to see one. Yeah. If I say that. I mean, you know, I I, I really don't want to see one because I'm <laughs> afraid of what that's going to do to the hunting and fishing laws. But right, exactly. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. You know, you always. I, I think animals are always. You know, um, reinventing themselves or repopulating. Mm-hmm. Or, yep. Adapting, or adapting to new adapting. places. That's the yep. word. I, that's that's a better word. That's what I was looking for. Yep, for sure. Yep. 
Anyway. Yeah. No, I hear you. Cool. So, any any uh, anything else we we can cover or talk about? Uh, I don't know. Let me think here. Let me look at my list real quick. I think we did cover everything I had on the list, though. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about Maine. Oh, here, last thing, last thing. Um, and then I'll let you go because yeah, I know you got to go to Maine. No, I'm in, but, no, I'm uh, in no rush. Okay. Well, either way. Yeah. Uh, last thing I want to talk about. Um, are you hunting in New Hampshire this year for bear? Well, well, interesting you ask because I hadn't planned on it, but I got uh, was actually talking with someone earlier. Well, actually texting back and forth about. Um, I possibly may get a chance to hunt, possibly, okay. in New Hampshire. Okay. Here's my dilemma. Okay. Here's my dilemma. I'm, I'm so busy, because this has been a banner year for me with my business. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been working since Mar- middle of March. I've been working. I've been just out straight, unbelievable, busy doing work because of, you know, because of the world, crazy world we live in. People yep. are just spending money left and right. But, yep. so I've been, I've been very busy, and I've got an extremely busy fall coming up, but Two things, you know, I, my week in Maine, mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to North Carolina deer hunting. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if I can squeeze in how much more time I can actually squeeze in to try and hunt bear in New Hampshire. I'm going to try. Okay. I'll put it that way. I'm going to try. I would love to. Mm-hmm. I've never shot a, well, I'll put it this way. I've never shot a bear in New Hampshire and Maine the same year. Gotcha. Do that. Hmm. So it's kind of a, not that I'm a, you know, i it's not a goal, but yeah, um, be cool to do. I've though. never done that, right? Yeah, uh, just never worked out for me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I'm just well. We'll see what happens. But uh, so so uh, I I guess to answer your question, I'm going to try to. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Usually I have to pick one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Just because time, you know, I just it's just the time. Now, what do you do? What do you do for work again? Uh, I'm an engineer. So. Okay. Yep. Um, cause I got a heating business and we uh-huh. talked about it. So I've got the, uh, certainly once, once we get into labor day, it's like, it's just, that's, that's the panic switch. And yeah. It's just everybody's like, like, Oh man, I need to get my heating done. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and it's really up till January Yeah, you know, and then it's the emergency stuff. But, uh, so uh, it's, it's always been, I've been doing this 35 years. Mm-hmm. So it's been, you know, fall, the hunting seasons have always been very challenging to get out and hunt. Mm-hmm. And I've found that I do much better going out of state. Gotcha. Because once I'm there, no yep. one can bother me. Exactly. So I hear you I, there. You know, Maine, <laughs> you know, in uh, Maine and North, North Carolina, um, I'd love to come hunt in Michigan. Yep. Um, uh, I've never, never done that. I'd like to see Michigan, actually, but yeah. um, that's on my list. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, you know, you drive out there and you start hunting and you just kind of concentrate on hunting and it tends to go better. You know, yeah. things tend to work out better. Yeah, because the problem when you're at home is you got others. You you can get easily distracted with other stuff. <laughs> well, here's what happens. You know, you say, you know, it's like, all right, I'm going to go out. I'm, I'll go tonight. You know, I'll, I'll go tonight after work, and well, after work ends up being eight o'clock. Yeah. So then it's like, well, I'll go out in the morning. Well, you know, when you work till eight o'clock at night, you get home, and you you know, by the time you do, you know, it's t- you're in bed by ten, and you're beat from the thirteen hour day. You know, right. you don't necessarily want to spring out at four thirty in the morning. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that, and that just turns into, well, a week goes by, two weeks goes by, and now there's a week left in the season. So it's, that's the issue, you know, yeah. and where I'm, if I'm not here, my goal is it, all I, you know, I hunt. Yeah. That, that I find that that works for me. Yeah. So 
that's kind of why New Hampshire, you know, I, I just don't I wish other than scrolling. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just don't really get to do it nearly as much as I'd like to. Yeah. And it, you know, it's it's too bad. It's we it's a we got a lot of great resources here. Yeah. Um, you know, the it's definitely the good old days of deer hunting in New Hampshire. That's good. It's never been this good. That's cool. Um, you know, and, and bear. Uh, mm-hmm. We got more turkeys than we know what to do with. <laughs> that sounds like um, here. Just, yeah, we got a lot yeah, of turkeys just, right now. You know, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. It, oh, it's insane. And yeah. actually, actually, I think this year, holy smokes, especially in Maine, um, right on the border there, I've seen more turkeys this year than in the last ten years. Wow. So we, if if it's leading up to what I think it is, I mean, we got a lot of turkeys coming our way. Um, yeah. But you know, we got a lot of good, you know, everything. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great, you know, it's a great resource. I mean, there's, there's a lot of reasons to hunt here. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I just, unfortunately don't get to do it as nearly as much as I'd like. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you there. Yeah. That's why this year, I mean, cause it was like, well, cause my plan initially was to spread out my, my bear seasons, you know, hunt Alaska in the spring and then have all August and September to do Michigan. Well, you know, I went to Alaska early August and, then it was like, well, I can't jump right into Michigan bear hunting right away. You know, I got other stuff I got to do. So, you know, I basically pushed. I mean, this is the latest I've ever got my baits in. Usually, I mean, the yeah. latest before this, I think I got, it was like September 20, or August 20th, excuse me, August 20th before. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this year, I mean, I, I can't believe how late I'm getting my baits in. But, I mean, it still gives me a month of pre-baiting, which is plenty. It's just, you know, I don't know. Feels weird when the season's open not to be baiting, you know. Well, exactly, exactly. And now let me ask you this: how how long did it take you to make your mind up to go to Alaska? Because I know I've wanted to do it for forty years. Uh well, <laughs> okay. So this is when this is when my my fascination with Alaska started. So I was um, this was after I got out of the military. I. And and this is like sad for me to even say, but I didn't I didn't really watch like much hunting shows or anything as a kid. I just deer hunted around Lower Michigan, and and ran a trap line and stuff. I didn't really think about other places and going to other places. And I honestly didn't even know that you could hunt moose. As sad as that is, because you couldn't hunt moose in Michigan, and so I just assumed that you couldn't. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was out of the military, and I st- it was like. 20 2010 i i don't know what piqued my interest but i just started looking up hunting regulations everywhere and i stumbled upon the alaska fishing game website and i looked at the game species you can hunt and i thought what in the world is this place <laughs> like there's there's like 12 or i forget how many species you can hunt there but it was like whoa you can hunt grizzly bears you can hunt moose, you can hunt caribou, you can hunt elk, you can hunt... I couldn't believe all the things you can hunt. I went, man, I gotta go there. I gotta go there. And that's when it started. And then, um, while I was in college, my plan... I was actually gonna transfer up to school there. But, I, I, I mean, I even, like, paid the application fee to go to school up there. But, I ended up not because once I... Once I looked at everything it was going to take me an extra year to finish up there because not all my credits transferred so I decided not to go up there and 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 so that was like my bit that was the first big time I was going to go there and then 
Yeah, I don't know. And then when I started this, Jess kept inviting me up. Oh, you should come up to Alaska. You should come up here. You should come up here. And oh, this year I just decided, I, you know, I need to do it. So I did. Well, I'm 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 psyched that you did. Yeah, I, um, it it's a good time. Uh, it's a it's a cool place to go. I mean, those mountains are unbelievable. Yeah, I'm a friend of my. I don't I don't know how close you watch my Instagram or YouTube, but a yeah. buddy of mine, Big Al. I don't know if you yeah know Big Al, the yep. guy I fish with and stuff. Yep. Well, he went up there. I do a lot. Well, actually, he's a guy. I do a lot of smelt with him too. But mm-hmm. he went up there. Oh God, is it four years ago now? Okay. Maybe, but he went up there for two weeks okay. and fished, you know, mm-hmm. help, you know, fished. And uh, he, he was, he's still talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, to the point where he's looking at, you know, cabins for sale. Yeah. Well, I, I, yep. I know this area, but yep. he was blown away. And he's like, if you ever, he goes, I, you, you can't, he goes, I could, he goes, I'd show you, he goes, I show people pictures. He goes, but it's, it's, it's almost, it's, it, I feel bad because it doesn't, you, you can't, you, you got to go there. Yeah, you know, you I agree. I agree with uh, that. <clears throat> but he 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 was blown away. Yep. Um, like I know that my I, I go ahead. Yeah. No, I I I of course my dad was in Alaska back you know um, uh, in the service, mm-hmm. and he 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 absolutely all he ever talked about. But the um, I started I get an infatuation with it probably when I was about fourteen or fifteen. When I you remember those George Eastman or those Eastman films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the guy. Uh, yeah, I was it George Eastman. Mm-hmm. They used to go do those documentaries, like uh, High Wild and Free was probably my favorite one. Okay. Yeah. I, I, but it was it was Eastman. Like I thought it was George, but you know he'd go up there and hunt and fish and film, and uh, I got addicted and just obsessed with Alaska from yeah. those documentaries, and uh, never, never, never been. Yep. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, and every year it gets you know even more expensive and just more. It seems seeming seems like unobtainable, but yeah. Um, well, I don't know. So Maybe here, here, this is this is you know, haven't been up there. This is my recommendation for somebody that just wants to go and experience Alaska and doesn't want to like pay for like an outfit or something like that. So this is what I recommend. This is, it's, it's hard to believe for somebody that, because I, I don't know what the fishing's like there, but I suspect it's a lot like here to where, you know, your average good day of fishing is where you catch enough for dinner for two, right? Like if you go out fishing around here and you catch dinner for two, you had a pretty good day, you know, just by yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's a pretty good day to catch, you know, fish fry, brook trout, or, you know, a couple walleye or something. That, that's, that's a good day. Up there, you go fishing, and I mean, it's hard to, it's, I mean, I, I I never, I didn't understand it until I got up there, but when you go fishing up there, it is a legitimate way to fastly fill the freezer, like, in a very fast way, you can fill the freezer. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like, between the three, between me, Jess, and Steve, we went out fishing for two hours, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, it's all about the timing, right? You got to go and you got to fish when the salmon are running, which, you know, it's yeah. not like a short period. It's, it's a whole month or whatever, but you know, we went to, the, we went to this, to the, to the spot where the salmon were and we fished for two hours and between the three of us, we caught 15 pounds of salmon fillets, not 15 pounds of salmon, 15 pounds of fillets. <sighs> fillets. <laughs> fillets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then 
<laughs> and that, I mean, and that was, and that, and they were like, yeah, they're not really biting right now. <laughs> Holy God. So it's not fishing, it's catching. Well, I mean, you know, it, so, <laughs> so you'd look in, you would look in the river and you would see schools of 30 to 40 to 50 salmon swim by, right? And you would throw your lure in there and these fish, they weren't necessarily biting a whole lot. So, I mean, they weren't because we were just throwing spinners. Like, uh, I forget what size they were, number three spinners or something. So, I mean, they were big spinners, but you were throwing spinners. And, I mean, most of the time the fish weren't biting. But if you got the spinner right close to their mouth, sometimes one of them would bite. And, you know, and then you'd get one. And so, I mean, you do a lot of casting for every salmon, but you knew the salmon were there because you'd see them jumping and then you'd see them swim by in schools. And so you knew they were there. It was just a matter of time before they, before one of them bit the lure. So, but, so, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, I forget how many fish that was, but it was, um, you know, it was, um, here, sorry. Um, the, uh, you know, yeah, I forget how many fish that was, but there, there, it wasn't that, it, I mean, it was quite a few. It was, a, it was a good time in between three of us. I mean, that wasn't even a good day of fishing. Now, what we did do that was crazy was we went fishing. So we got a charter out of the town of Whittier and we went out on Prince William Sound and went fishing and we went, the main goal is halibut, but then we also did some salmon fishing too. And I'd say between the three of us, between, because I caught two halibut, and then Jess and Steve caught one halibut, and then we all caught, I caught three nice silver salmon, they all caught some salmon. Anyway, we end up with like 100 pounds of fillets for one day of fishing. Yeah, I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, you just, you just filled up. I mean, we, we had, there was actually an empty freezer there and we just filled up the whole thing. It was crazy. It was crazy. You no, know, cause I, I, I relate that to God. I mean, a good year here. Well, I mean, I haven't fished the docks for salmon in a couple of years, but I mean, back like five or six years ago, I mean, mm-hmm. we catch, you know, a good year was 25 or 30 salmon, but yeah. that's over the course of a month. Right. That's a good year. Right. And there were guys like, you know, like uh, my friend John, I think he caught over 100 a couple of years in a row. But mm-hmm. still, I mean, how many fish could you catch in a month? Up there. I mean, actually, up there, uh, up there yeah. Well, you're. I know on the river we were fishing, it was, you were allowed three, three, we call them cohos here, but they call them silvers up there. Three silvers, and then, uh, was it 12, 10, no, 10 total other salmon. And so there was pink salmon in the river too. So, I mean, you could catch, I mean, I don't think it's really that big of a deal to catch three silvers and 10 pinks in a day Yeah. or My God. seven, yeah, 10 salmon a day. And they run yeah. for, I don't know, two, three weeks, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's just, that's the thing, you know, I get, I, I love mean, to experience it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, friends that have done it, and they're they're like, you 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 got to go. You just can't explain the yeah, just just amazing. Yep. So what I what I would what I would recommend for people so is go up there and go fishing. You know, get a chart like go get a charter because I mean that's going to be a lot more the hunting like the hunting up there is good, but the hunting up there is very logistically challenging 
because the thing yeah. about the thing about up there is there's not many roads to places and so you know to in order to get to the really good areas you either need to have friends with a boat or a plane or outfitter that's going to take you there and so um you know the the hunting is logistically challenging and so it you're either going to it, it doing a doing a do-it-yourself hunt is there's very limited options for that um or you know and, and guides are expensive but if you want to do it and not spend tons of money and really experience alaska i would say just go up there and go fishing <laughs> i mean it's unbelievable it really is i mean just figure out when the time because I, I think they i think even the alaska fishing game has like fish timing like when the runs actually are and stuff and just time when you want to go and go i mean it's yeah. it's well, a blast i'm sure they want they want people to come up there oh yeah they do of course you know yeah. they make i mean yeah. they make all kinds of money off tour i mean that's what most of the people I mean, when i was flying up there i mean i'd say half the planes was full of people just going up there going fishing so yeah uh well, I'll tell you, I got, I got an education when I went out to, uh, was it last year? Yeah, last year I was in Colorado on the Eagle River. And, you know, we have rainbow here, but, they're you know, they're all stock fish. Yeah, yep. Uh, you know, they don't reproduce, and with right. a few exceptions, like maybe on the Andro or whatever. But for the most part, they're they're what I call barrel fish. Yep. Which is fine, whatever. But right. out Same there, here. they reproduce. They reproduce. Yeah. You know, the Eagle River, they manage themselves. And I was... I have never seen, I mean, I was standing in the Eagle River because out there I was actually um, in Walcott, which is one of the few places you can actually, which is public land where you can actually fish because you know, public, private, public land in Colorado is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, you know, everybody uses those drift boats because you can, you can fish the whole river, but there's a few places, you know, like in Walcott where you can walk out onto the, uh, the shoals and stuff. If I didn't see... 300 rainbow trout wow coming up spawning and i didn't even know what they were like i was i was very naive so Mm -hmm. i'm out there with my tenkara which was mistake number one (laughs) um because the the fish are just too big and the the water's too fast but you know being you know an idiot from new hampshire i guess for the lack of a better (laughs) word yeah well i hooked into a couple and immediately broke me off and i figured it out it's like my god and so i walked to the shoals because that's where they spawn because i've never seen rainbow spawn you know because they don't do it in new hampshire yeah these fish i mean like the the ones that were let's say a pound and a half maybe you know 17 inches long or whatever very a lot of those but there were some of them that were like three pound fish yeah yeah and those fish they wouldn't leave Mm-hmm. Like if you walk, you're not supposed to walk on the shoals because that's where they're spawning. But when you walk near them, they would circle you. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't leave, and it was like I'd never seen anything like it. And right. you know, there were guys that were you know very very successful, um, you know, catch, catching the fish. But it was just uh, it was just amazing that um, you know. And then when you go out into like you know like the Yellowstone River and stuff like that, and the amount of drift boats that you see, my God. Yeah, I mean hundreds. I mean, there's there's two in there. You know, every time if you see an eddy, there's two drift boats in each eddy, and they're just you know it, it's big. You know, it's a it's that's people go there to fish. Yeah. But yeah. the amount of fish and the quality of fish. Yep. Has just blew my mind. Oh yeah. Compared yeah. to what compared to what we have. Yeah, exactly. You know, to what we have here. Exactly. Um, and we you know we got good fishing. Don't get me wrong. We got you know we got in, in northern you know New Hampshire and Maine. We got some of the best 
you know, brook trout fishing in the country. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's, uh, it's just different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love brook trout fishing. It's one of my favorite things, you know, I love catching Mm -hmm. a, I mean, they're beautiful fish, right? Um, and so I don't want to take anything away from that, but you're not going to fill the freezer with them. You know what I mean? (laughs) No, no. And, uh, they, yeah, no. And and you shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Just not, you know, there aren't enough, but, but like you say, when you can go out and catch, you know, 15 pounds of fillets yeah. and not even put a dent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, you know, not even put a dent. In. That's pretty cool. And, yeah. And like you say, up there you can, but I mean, that's, that's, that's what Alaska is. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's what, that's what, you know, why people go there and that's what the, the country is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'd love sure. to get up there. I yeah. Really would. Yeah. Like, like I said, if, if you know, I would recommend just going up there and going fishing. I mean, it's it's a it's a totally different ball game than what than what you and I are used to down here. That's for sure. Well, and like you say, it gets you up there. Yeah. At a minimal expense. Yep. And uh, you yep. know, you can see the country and learn a little bit about it. Yeah. Go from there. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, like you can fly up there, and a, a plane ticket right now is cheap because yeah. of COVID. And um, yeah. You know, who knows what it's going to be next year, but. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, I forget what, a I think like a, a seven day, yeah, seven day fishing license is only like 73 bucks or something. And I mean, that sounds expensive for a fishing license, but I can guarantee you, you can catch your money's worth of fish off of that $73 fishing license. So. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Well, I mean, let me ask you this. No. I know in parts of Alaska, can mm-hmm. you hunt without a guide up there? Yeah. Yeah, it depends. The only the only things you have to have a guide for is um is grizzly bear grizzly bear, brown bear, doll sheep, and mountain goat. That's the only thing you have to have a guide for. Everything else you can do do it yourself. It's just um it's just sometimes logistically really challenging to do that. Yep. So like, oh yeah, it'd be like getting dropped off. No, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. like yeah. I mean, you can you can show up to the Anchorage Airport with a rifle and get your, with your hunting license and everything. Um, it's just you know how do you are are you going to have access to the game you want to get to by the road system? You know that that's kind of the question. You right, know, right, right. So it'd probably take your lifetime to figure that out. Yeah, because it's huge. It's huge. Alaska is but you, huge. So, yeah, so you but you can go like black bear hunting, or yep. you could go uh, deer. I don't I don't know what they're. Um, yeah, deer white tails, right? Uh, black tails hit black tails there. Oh, it is. It is yep, black, it is black tails. tails. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if you if yeah, you can definitely do that. Um, Southeast Alaska is better for the black tails, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely opportunities to where if you wanted to do a do it yourself black bear hunt up there. I wouldn't recommend doing a baited hunt up there for do it yourself, but unless you got a lot of time. But to do like a yep. spawn stock hunt, yeah, I mean, there's definitely areas where you can just walk in off the road. Um, if you know like where to go and where the bears are concentrated at that time of year, you can definitely do that. Um, you just got to do your research, make sure you know where you're going. You know, yeah. Same with moose. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely possible to walk off the road. You just got to know which areas to go to. I mean, and it's not going to be great hunting to do that. I mean, if you're expecting it to be world class, awesome hunting off the road system, that's not going to be. That's probably not true. But not the case, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, 
Huh. Well, that's that's that's, uh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the biggest thing with hunting up there is to sum it up. It's logistically challenging. So, well, hunting hunting in itself is is, is, is challenging. But <laughs> yeah, true. Know the area and know what you're doing. It's still it's still a challenge. But, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but uh, but yeah, getting dropped off in the middle of you know, the interior and saying, yeah, here's your rifle and license. You know, good luck. <laughs> You'd probably starve to death. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. In most cases. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So it's not out of the question, but, but, uh, nope. No, I wouldn't say so. No. Just got to do your research. So, yeah. Well, like you say, probably the best thing is go up there and do a fishing trip and then yeah. figure out what you want to do from there. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It, it's something I would recommend. Yeah. I'd recommend going and, and seeing it and seeing what you're getting into before showing up there with a the rifle by yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But. I've heard, I've read a lot of stories of guys that tried doing that and they ended up making, you know, being the, being the subject of a good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, anywho. Yep. Anyway. Well. Yeah. That was good. Well, hey, we made it to just about the two-hour mark. So, with the intro, we'll really? be right at two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, hope, I hope some people followed. I hope we weren't too 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 drawn out. But, oh, no. Now, once we get talking, I know it, did, did, it doesn't seem like two hours. You know? No, I know. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. But, anyway. Any uh, right. closing thoughts or anything? Any last words? Oh, uh, well, I mean, other than you know, good luck this year. Yeah, um, same to you. you. Know, and, uh, I look forward. To, I look forward to following your uh, your Instagram and your videos to see how you're doing. And, yep, I'll be following uh, you as well. I'm lo- anxiously looking forward to how you do up in Maine. So, well, and uh, I will be out of cell service but i have to every couple of days i have to drive in to um you know just to check my um, emails and stuff because of business so yeah what i'll do is i'll just do like updates probably like tuesday and thursday and okay like saturday something like that but cool um so i, I might disappear for a couple of days but um, okay i'll try to i'll try to yeah I'll, I'll keep you posted one way or the other sounds good appreciate um, it so but, uh, yeah so well, all right, man. Hey, it was great talking. Yeah, good talking to you too. So, yeah, we'll and, uh, uh, we'll have to do this again. It was fun. All right, sounds good. Yeah, you sounds good. good. Yeah, you too. Talk to you later. Thanks, guys. All right, bye, bye, bye.